Generally Speaking About the Church, podcast episode number 110. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Generally Speaking About the Church podcast. DG didn't think I remembered what it was. I was was like, you just messed up. No, no, no. (laughs) It's his own show. No, this is live to hard drive, my friend. There is no there is no do over. That's right. That's right. Well, okay. sometimes there's a do over. (laughs) We got an interesting show here today, folks, a little bit different from normal. Yes. Big time. And that's Cliff Ravenscraft, and I am DG Hollow. That's right. That's right. You know, uh, DG, your audio sounds so different without being on the Heil microphone. Yeah, I'm sure. It's it's probably like I'm like a small little school child. Yeah. Well, I, not necessarily a school child, but you you sound like you're, you know, um, as a kid, did you ever take those plastic uh, solo cups and poke a hole in it? And then stick a string oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then pull it tight. That's, That's how what you, it sounds like. You sound like that. Well, we can just tell everybody I'm on the phone for this podcast <laughs> and my wife is in, in studio and I'm just on the phone. But they can see your Yeah, the problem is, is I just, I want to apologize to everybody in the video feed because all they're seeing is my wrinkly, nasty neck and, <laughs> and head. So just apologies. All right. Well, we do want to, we, we do want to say welcome to Tiffany who is in the house. Hello, Tiffany. Hello. Literally in the house. <laughs> She's in our home. <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Um, now, DG, do you want to explain to folks why you brought Tiffany into the studio? I think if, if people have been listening for the last two weeks, they know. But Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, we always have listeners come in out of nowhere, so that's good. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we had talked a little bit about the LDS Church at one point in time. And, uh, and I just I told Cliff and I told a bunch of other people, I just said, hey, my resident expert... <laughs> <laughs> the one that that I that I really do trust when it comes to any knowledge about the LDS Church from someone that's not LDS, of course, uh, is my wife, and uh, and I can let you know. I'll I'll just let her explain why I believe that, uh, because she can tell you her history with um, with just dear dear friends uh, and and uh, we, that that are in the LDS Church. Uh, that she even dated and stuff like that, but but that's the reason we wanted to invite her to come in, and not to be able to say, uh, you know, we're all about hating the the LDS Church. That's not what we brought her into to bring to bring her to do here. What we really wanted to do is just be able to say, can we can we just be open and honest about the differences uh, about what the LDS Church believes, and then what like like Orthodox Christianity might be, and what those differences might be. All right. So that's the main reason. That, and, and and I'll tell you, I, I'm interested to have Tiffany introduce uh, this entire topic and from her perspective. The one thing I want to just say uh, is that my goal and desire for GSPN.TV and our, and our podcasting efforts here is is that we don't... I, I, I mean, obviously, there's a whole lot of people out there who are called to be apologists. Yes. You know, and, you know, the, the most extreme case of that would be this guy named Hank Handegraaff. All right, which is somebody actually, believe it or not, I enjoy listening to, but it, he's more, he's like the Howard Stern of Christian radio, <laughs> if you will. I mean, I kind of feel like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, he, he, he might not intend to be a shock jock, but he is a shock jock because he's talking about something so sensitive. Exactly. Is that what you're saying? I don't yeah. know. I've yeah, never, I've is, really never heard of the guy. I mean, I really, really? I really haven't. Seriously. Well, he, he's, he's the guy who's going to sit there and tell everybody why they're wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, he oh, okay. is like, listen, this is why you're wrong. And biblically, you're, you're a heretic. I mean, oh, gosh, I mean okay. he, he's in your face. And, and here's the here's the situation. Uh, you know, GSPN.TV, I want to I want to Tiffany, just so you know, a little background. We have many people from the LDS church listen to not just this podcast, but so many of our podcasts. But yeah, plenty that actually do listen to this particular podcast. And, and the one thing I don't want our network to really come out and say is like, you know what, we're telling you that you're not Christians. You know, that, I mean, now, obviously, you're going to bring out some of the differences of what Protestants believe uh, are the fundamental things that make a Christian and, and perhaps what the LDS church uh, believes. Because would you say that, you know, LDSs and several of them actually consider themselves to be Christians? Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Every one of them that I know would Definitely. say that. So, so this isn't necessarily, I mean, obviously 
the three of us in this room in full disclosure are believers in Jesus Christ from a perspective that comes from a Protestant background. Mm -hmm. That's correct. All right. And even within our Protestant background, you guys come from the, I guess now that I'm, it's amazing through the, uh, the about the church podcast that I even now know you're educating. I'm I'm educated in this stuff. You guys are more from a mainline uh, denomination and I'm more from an evangelical background which of course we've covered in previous episodes right yeah yeah and so, and, and even more than just a mainline uh, you know uh, yeah i would say i would say that we would it's more of a how do i say this i think so many people instead of saying mainline and non-mainline i think a lot of other people want want to differentiate everybody between where their founders of their of their uh theology comes from and so we would call ourselves wesleyan arminian Right. Um, because we're Methodists and, you know, Wesley <laughs> right. stuff. But he was from our, he was from Anglican, you know, Wesley was. And so you're going to get a lot of Anglican stuff in the midst of that too. And of course, Anglican came from Roman Catholic and blah, blah, blah. blah. So right. Anyway, so it's, I, I just really appreciate, um, you know, right. being able to, to differentiate between those things. But it, sadly, we're all known by our differences and not our similarities. Well, and th- that's one of the things that God's really been laying on my heart lately is that, you know, I, I really want to build relationships upon shared passion, shared vision, shared, shared experiences, shared interests, and, and allow our lives to be, to speak for themselves. I mean, last week we shared, what was his name? Pete Rollins. Uh-huh. We, we shared that information. It was like, listen, you know, you can say you believe all you want, but until your until your life is is in such a way that it it clearly speaks the truth of what you say you believe, right? Then do you truly believe? And yeah. and so so it's a lot of times we are very quick to say what we believe with our with our mouths, right. exactly. But yeah. we hardly ever live, speak what we believe with our lives, right? And so that's where I, I feel it, God's really called me to do is just to yeah. live it with my life. And I think that that's what's so really cool about doing this podcast the one we're about to do now after the preface of, of Pete Rollins. Yes. Talk because, because that hopefully that will help everyone who hears this one to be able to say, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the differences and about like head knowledge. We're not necessarily focusing on the love and the actions and things like that, which I think on both sides of LDS and, and um, you know, whatever you want to call us, Protestant, Orthodox, Orthodox, Orthodox Christianity, Christianity. Uh, Protestant Christianity. Um, you know, on both sides, there's lots of love going on there. There's lots of acting and living out uh, a lot of stuff, but there are differences, and I think those differences are important. And I just, and I think that a lot of people, when they have an LDS person come to their house, there's just a lot of ignorance. Yeah, <clears throat> and so this is a, that's all we wanted to do. I shared, I did a almost daily devotional podcast two days ago. Uh, it was it, no, longer than my normal 10 minute. It was a 30 minute, just kind of laid my, Whoa. laid it out there. And I said, you know, I'm just really struggling with the scriptures because, you know, I, at one point I, you know, I know that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord, your God. And the second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's like <laughs> these two sum up all of the law. All right. right. So, so I'm feeling God say, listen, yeah, I don't care if they're Christian, non-Christian. I don't care if they're Nazarene or, or, uh, what, you know, Methodist or those crazy Methodists. What? I don't care if they're black or white. I don't just love people. Cliff. That's what I feel God calling me to do. Yep. But at the same time, I, I turn into some of the other letters in the new Testament. And all of a sudden there's like, listen, anybody who teaches a different gospel than what you've been taught, don't 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 even dude shut the door in their face it's like okay where do you come okay love people shut slamming the door in their face not welcoming these people into your home right what do you tiffany what do you think about that and then we'll let you jump right in anything welcome by the way yes welcome um you know whenever whenever i have an lds elder pair come to my house um I invite them in. I, I want them to be in my house and to share and um, to do the lessons with me. And uh, I think probably after a few weeks of meeting with they, they don't want to be <laughs> with me um, because I have real honest questions. Um, but, you know, I think that if you love God with all your heart, that the loving others flows out of that. Right. And I think that some people interpret these to be 
you know, just shut the door, don't let them in. Um, so, so how do you do? Inter- how do you interpret it? You know, when it says if somebody comes with a different gospel and and they want to they want to share with what they believe and what they what they believe to be truth and what they're I mean they're just as passionate about what they believe. I would need to read the scripture. Okay. I would need to see if you can find that scripture. All right. DJ will be my scripture boy. All right. Um, but you know hey, I know DG, that BibleGateway.com. Yeah, BibleGateway do it. Um. That one I'm a little stumped on. Okay. I, you know, I, it doesn't feel right in my soul to slam the door. Right. Um, you know, I, I have conversations with a lot of people of different beliefs. And, you know, I think that they would say to you that they see Christ in how I respond and how I talk with them. Right. So, I don't know. And I yeah. think that there are some Christians that would disagree with, with how I approach things. Um, and I can tell you some really funny stories of people that I've been with that responded differently, but, um, I don't know. I think some of it is just for me has been realizing who I am in Christ and what that looks like and how I express that to people. And that sometimes that speaks greater than any argument or any stance that I could take with them. So what's the scripture again? It, I'm just. I'm looking for. I said, shut the door. Shut the door. Type it in yeah, a no, different like, gospel. Yeah, look, yeah look, different gospel. Yeah, it's, different gospel is, is is definitely a key phrase. Okay, that's good. If Thank anybody you. in the chat room knows the scripture, that would be great as well. Um, but I'll tell you what. Let's let's just go ahead and move on, and we'll come to that at the end. DG, uh, Tiffany, why don't you in, introduce to us why it is that you have studied the LDS Church and and its fundamental differences from our other. Our, our, our Protestant beliefs. Okay. Um, for me, it's, it's been, I, I'm one of those people that I'm a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. I, I could never have enough knowledge about things and, and I want to make my decisions based on truth, not on just what people say, not even on the general consensus. Um, and so, you know, I was raised, um, in a Christian family. Um, my mom, you know, was, was a, was a very, faithful church attender at our Methodist church. Um, my dad really didn't become a Christian until I was in the ninth grade. Um, so that, you know, the background is helpful in understanding my story. Um, I guess before I even share my story, I want to say to those that might be listening that are LDS or Mormons or have loved ones that are in the LDS church or that are Mormons is that I consider you family. And I love you and I haven't ever met you probably. Um, but it, this is a topic that, um, I had to pack away for many, many years cause it was so, it was so painful for me. It was so hard for me to dig through it, um, to figure out how to give a kind, thoughtful answer to it. Um, you know, I see, Mormon elders walking down the street and it just, I mean, there's something inside of me that just cries. Um, not because I pity them, but because I genuinely, genuinely love them and I understand why they're doing what they're doing. And I think that, um, many Mormons, a majority of Mormons show more devout living and piety and kindness and, family values and you know they they really put a lot of us protestants to shame in those areas and so you know i i am always the first to jump up and defend um my mormon brothers and sisters um so you know i want to preface it with that because any words that i say have to be couched in that um but for me my my journey with mormonism really began out of what i think a lot of people considered to be a crush. Um, in the sixth grade, one of my very best friends was a Mormon. And, um, you know, it, for me, it was some, it was a crush that never really went away. Um, and, you know, not only was it a crush, but we became very good friends. And so when we got to college, um, he actually left and went for his, um, went for his mission. training to be a mission, to be a missionary. 
Um, and during that time, he continued to write to me and share with me what was happening. And for some reason, you know, even in junior high, I was that strange girl that I was studying Mormonism. You know, it's like I, I knew very clearly what I believed as a, as a Protestant Christian. Um, but when I was in the seventh grade, my town, I lived in a literally small town in New Mexico. My town had this, um, it was like a cult seminar. And all of the, you know, the Baptist churches, the Methodist churches, the Presbyterian churches came to this. And so they had a speaker who had once been a Mormon and came and was sharing about it. Um, and I went with my mom and I very vividly remember that, you know, some of the things that he were saying weren't truthful. Um, they were inflammatory and they were sensational and they weren't exactly factual. And so at one point I remember standing up and saying, you know, that's really not true. Um, and for me, it was about, I, I wanted to be able to understand what my friend and his family believe because, you know, he, he was my dear friend and his family were my friends and loved ones and still are. And so I really, at that point, really took it upon myself to learn everything that I knew about Mormonism. And so as he, as he went to uh, the missionary training center, um, you know, I, I feel like I kind of got an inside view of the things that he was learning. Um, you know, I, he, he would share the books that he was reading. I mean, the books that he was reading were all of the books that we would read, like Have You Witnessed to a Mormon Lately and The Mormon Mirage. And I mean, he would read all of those and he was well-versed in those. So it wasn't as if, you know, a Mormon missionary who comes to your door knows that those books are out there. They know the arguments. And so he and I, um, at that point, we really didn't talk a whole lot about the differences or what he believed versus what I believed. But we really came to realize that we genuinely loved each other, but that he was a rock on one side of his faith and I was a rock on the other side. And it, I had to make the very difficult decision that, you know, at one point we were talking about, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, we could have an inner, an inner faith, you know, type of relationship or marriage. And, and I really spent a great deal of time praying. I remember I went into my bedroom and I just, I wrote like a 15 page letter about these are the things that, I believe in so strongly that I will walk away from this. And, um, you know, and, and I just wrote it out and really tried to just figure out what are the things that I would have to compromise on, but what are the things that he would have to compromise on? And I realized that because I loved him and because I believed, you know, that he was doing what he honestly felt his heavenly father was telling him to do that for him to make the sacrifices that he was proposing because I love him. I couldn't ask him to do that. And, um, I'm not really sure. I, I think that he really was, was very, you know, I asked him, have you prayed about it? And he said, no. Um, which, you know, was, it was a huge shocker to me. Yeah. She still does that question. And it, it hits me right <laughs> in my heart. And I'm like, it. dang it. <laughs> You know, and so, I mean, what what he was proposing that if, you know, if we were to, you know, form this family was that he couldn't be married in the temple and he couldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't, I would never be able to honestly say that I was a Mormon. And, um, you know, it, I, it just the sacrifices that he was being, that he would need to make, I couldn't ask him to do that. So are you saying that a Mormon to be to be faithful to the Mormon faith, he could not marry somebody in the Mormon church. No, that is not Mormon. Uh, I mean, he, because the, the whole goal, you know, of being, you know, a faithful LDS member, not only member, but an elder is to do your mission and then to be married in the temple. And if he were to, you know, marry somebody who is not, an LDS member, he couldn't be married in the temple. Right. Which, you know, therefore means his, his family couldn't be there. He couldn't, I mean, it, it has huge implications because for him, marriage for, for Mormons is an eternal event. Right. 
is it not for Oh, it's I guess not it's in the not. Christian faith it, because in in heaven there is we're no marriage in heaven. There is no marriage in heaven. That's correct. You know, and so and it's, so the it's whole it's eternally here on this earth That's until right. until right. death do us part. Found right before the well, great commandment. Well, and that you know your family lines for Christians broaden. You know, when when you when you're in in heaven or eternal life or you know the new heaven and the new earth, the fam- the familial lines have been broadened to where, you know, you're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Whereas for a Mormon, you know, you're married um, before 1920, you could be married multiple times. But, you know, again, if a Mormon missionary comes to your door, that's not a good place to start. Um, you know, but basically you get married and, and you have children which were spirit children that when you when you have a child as as an LDS member you believe that there are spirit children that when you have a child their spirit their spirit is takes a body and becomes your child and then you know it's your job it's your job to raise that child to understand that the family is the center unit um, you know you you raise your children you faithfully do that and then when you, you know, die or I, I don't, I never could really figure out if when you died was when exaltation happened, but, but the goal basically is exaltation that you live your, you live your life faithfully as a Mormon. You do those things that you need to do. You, you go to the temple, you're faithful to your ward, which is your local church. You raise your children in the LDS faith. Um, you know, you, your family is your top commitment other than God. And then when you die, the the husband will have the option to call up his wife, um, call up his wife to join him in, in you know in this eternal kind of life. life as a, as a god. He he becomes a god. Exaltation basically means the the end goal of Mormonism is that you become a god, which sounds sensational. But if you look at their um, theologists, that really is what exaltation means, and so. You know, you call you call up your wife, and and you are a god on this planet with your spirit children, and and when that's you say what call up your wife, does that like. mean she passes away from her physical body? I mean, I think I mean because they believe that God has a physical body, and and here were some of the things that the uh, the real clinchers for me was that they believe Mormons believe that God has a physical body um, in. Uh, like who we would say, Creator, Covenant God, or Father God, they believe physical body, that flesh, he bones, has, you know, body. actual flesh and bones. Well, um, you know, whereas as Christ, as as Protestants, we believe it, actually it says in Doctrines and Covenants that God has a body of flesh and bones as tangible as a man. Whereas we believe as as Protestant Christians that um, God is spirit. Jesus said in John four twenty four, God is spirit. Um, you know, but the I think for me that the real the real core of Mormon theology that I did not feel like with with any kind of honesty that I could ascribe to or even pretend to subscribe to with my children was the idea of eternal progression. Okay, what's this? Um, that is the idea that um, Lorenzo Snow, who was the fifth president of the Mormon Church, and and uh, the president of the Mormon Church basically is that the, the Mormons believe that the president speaks the words of God. Kind of like the prophet. Catholics and the Pope. Yes, but, but probably even more. Okay. I mean, the the words of the presidents are are recorded in the doctrines and covenants, as best I understand it, and that you know the, the words that they speak are the infallible word of God. Okay. Um, my question though, from my friend was that, you know, those are the places that the, that, you know, polygamy, um, that, you know, eternal progression, um, the whole, you know, the old doctrines on, um, blacks and, and African American, that is where those kind of, um, particularly inflammatory statements that a lot of people on like Dateline specials will draw out about Mormonism. You find those things in Doctrines and Covenants. Right. Okay, okay. I just, I want to back up a little bit and just say, okay, let's just say that I'm a typical Protestant, whatever, mainline, whatever, Pentecostal, whatever, and they knock on your door. What are going to be some of the things that that uh, an LDS member would actually say 
but might be misinterpreted right. by a Protestant person. Um, if you, you, is that, is that right? Do we, yeah, do that? yeah, that helps. Um, if if you go to um, Mormon.org, it's actually um, the official website of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and um, the, I mean their real belief is that they are restoring the truth of the ancient church of the primitive Christian church. Um, and if, if you look on the left-hand side of their website, it, it says, you know, these are the points that um, Mormons The basic believe, beliefs? Mm-hmm, okay. Is that God is your loving Heavenly Father. Okay. Christians, we believe that, right? Okay. Yes. Yes, we do. All um, right. But Heavenly Father is, is, a, is a catchphrase. When I hear somebody say Heavenly Father, I know immediately they're Mormon. Okay, and why is that? Um, I think because I hear a lot of Christians say Heavenly Father, and it's never been right. An issue. But it's um, it's it's the way that it's stated. Like we will say, you know, my Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father. But a lot of time, it'll be in a sentence like, if you look under the Restoration of Truth, it says, "As promised, Heavenly Father sent His Son." It's 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 the way I don't. It's the way that they use it in sentences. You know, not our Heavenly Father, but Heavenly Father. It's okay. it's like a it's a noun. Okay. Heavenly Father is a noun. Um, the gospel blesses families and individuals. Wait, 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 wait. We before believe. before we go there. So so far, I'm just not seeing a glaring contradiction here, right? Between so, Heavenly Father, yeah. Well, so, with the Heavenly Father thing, I mean, are they saying that Jesus is not equal to the Heavenly no. Father? Well, and here here's the rub: is that for me, it is. You know, my my friend and I had this conversation one time, the the conversation that was kind of the tete-a-tete for us. And uh, I don't even know what that means, but hey, whatever. Um, (laughs) I basically asked him, I would say that as a as a Protestant Christian, the one of the core foundational beliefs for us is the belief in the Trinity. Okay. now, if if you ask um, an LDS missionary um, you know, an LDS elder, do you believe in the Trinity? He looked at me and said, yes, but he knew. And I knew that semantically we were talking about a different thing. Okay. And, and that's part of what, what, um, happens in the, in the translation between Mormonism and Protestant Christianity is that it's semantic differences. We talk about the Trinity, but, but I mean something different when I say the Trinity than what my, my Mormon, elder friend means um when and so i went further and i said then do you believe in god the father god the son and god the holy spirit trinity one god and three persons and he said no okay because they believe in heavenly father or they call elohim okay um heavenly father jesus who they call jehovah and then holy ghost is is what they they are all three god but all distinctly god and and the way that he explained it to me is that they all have the same essence in them but they are distinctly different are they do they believe that they're all eternal yes all right but that they they did not all start eternal and and so wait a second so they last forever but they didn't there was a beginning place for eternal progression and that goes back to the theory of eternal progression. Okay. Is Lorenzo Stone, the fifth president of the Mormon church, said, as man is, God once was. As God is, man may become. So God was once that, yeah. a man who lived this holy life and was exalted to godhood. Jesus was a man okay. who lived a holy life and sacrificed and was exalted to godhood but he did not exist before his human form as a spirit child yes he did okay but but but, but, but as the spirit child of joseph and well uh, well of who do, do they believe in the well, the holy ghost and you know the, yeah i mean they believe I mean, in be, the holy be, ghost they mean, do they believe in the virgin birth and um they believe that elohim the he- heavenly father had celestial sex with you know, a, a Godhead mother and had Jesus. Okay. I mean, so. And, how, and, and where does Mary fit into this picture? 
That I'm not real sure. Okay. I mean, and it, that doesn't mean that she isn't, but I don't know. You know, it's like I'm 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 treading very carefully to make sure that nothing. Sure. No, um, I mean, but Jesus was a created spirit child of our Father and Mother in heaven, of heavenly Father, and and that's what like heavenly Father. We believe in one God. Yes. You know, Deuteronomy six four. The Lord your God is one. You shall have no other gods before you. And this is where the whole issue of Mormonism is a polytheistic religion. Okay. We are monotheistic. Yes. And that is a huge, huge difference. As much as much as but, I tried to say it wasn't, if God, if Heavenly Father was a man who became God, and Jesus was a man who became a God, then we can, you can live as a man and become God. Okay. There is no, there is no uniqueness but it, but, to but God. I, I think the question I have is how do they define God then? Because obviously we can't, we can't be start as human and become creators and omnipotent beings. Or do they think that? Yes. Yes. It's like they so. Do. So we can create. I mean, I obviously I mean, did not create the the earth, you, the heavens and the earth, and right. I obviously did not speak right. things into existence. I obviously did not uh, send my son to die for sin. And, and right. But you would have that. They would have that option if you lived a holy life. Then you would get to have all those options. You'd it's, become it's your not, own god of your own planet, kind of a thing. So my I can actually create was, my own planet, my own universe. Yes. yes. And and so and basically, you, and you would be the heavenly father of that, of that universe. Planet, of that and universe. so it's it's this story that keeps mm. on going to where there is there is, uh, and, and and that's the progression that she's talking about. It's okay. Just like, that you know, is it's the eternal like, progression. So, so, you have, like so you have a black dude with the with the little the little everything's all about this little tiny thing in the globe around <laughs> the, the cat and the little marble around the cat's neck or whatever. That's right, and the kids are playing with it. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it's a progression. I don't mean to so. trivialize it, no, trivialize no, no. it, but no, I'm, I'm trying to wrap my rhyme. Yeah, yeah, no, it's cool. It's, it's, it's a progression of saying there once was a, a being, a human being that lived the holy life that lived so much of a holy life that that human being got to have his own planet. And then that, that, you know, that uh, what are that that God now not even a human being now God now gets to have kids <laughs> and and Jesus was one of those kids and by the way Lucifer they believe was Jesus' was spirit brother. spirit brother spirit brother okay and then that's and then from later the pearl of great Satan. price the pearl of great price um, Moses four one through fourteen which is one of their their um, theological documents and then Journal of Discourses volume thirteen. Um, yeah, I mean, and so once, you know, because a lot of times what sometimes well-meaning Protestant Christians will do is they will talk about the beginnings of the Mormon church. They'll talk about Joseph Smith, you know, they will talk about polygamy or talk about, but that, that to me are side issues. They honestly, they were irrelevant for me because the central question that Christ asks of us is who do you say that I am? Right. It really does center in on the person of Christ. And, you know, we as Christians believe that Jesus Christ is the unique and only son of God, the father. Right. There, there is none other like him. There never will be. And, you know, for me, it was the, um, John 1, 1 about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the and word became flesh and dwelt among us. And nothing was created without him. Right. So Jesus Christ spoke all things into creation. He is unique and he is uniquely God. And, you know, and then you start looking at things like John eight fifty eight, where Jesus is having this discussion with the Pharisees. And, and this is the discussion that he had that really ticked him off. I mean, this lit them up. When, you know, he was talking about Abraham and, you know, before Abraham was and they're like, who is this guy that he can even talk about Abraham? And he says, I tell you the truth before Abraham was, I am. And he and it says they immediately picked up stones to kill him because he was claiming, you know, he was claiming the Trinity. He was claiming equal footing with God. And, you know, I that is the part that 
that my friend and I, we honestly looked at each other and realized that we had, I mean, that is the crux of the Christian faith. It's it, it's what it all hinges on is the identity of Christ. And, and I said to him, if Jesus wasn't God in the flesh, then he was a really nice man doing a really nice thing that doesn't amount to hill of beans. Which is a paraphrase of C.S. Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, but but... I found that, you know, when, when a Mormon missionary will come to my door, I always, I greet them with, you know, with the greatest love and admiration I can because they are honestly giving their lives in ways that so many Christians do not. Um, but it genuinely saddens me that, um, you know, one of the discussions that my friend and I also had is, is um, the issue of faith and works. Because a lot of what he saw in um, some of the Christians that we grew up with is, you know, they would go to church and praise God and everything. And then on the weekends, go get trash drunk or have sex with their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know. And he's like, honestly, look at the way that they're living their lives and look at the way that I'm living my lives and tell me that you don't see God more in how I live. Um, and, and that's really difficult to argue with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I said, you know, I, I can't agree more. I said, I think that some Christians go on cheap grace, you know, and, and because we think that we're forgiven, we can just do whatever we, whatever we want. Um, but he said, he pointed to James that says faith without works is dead. And I said, exactly. But faith without grace is meaningless, you know? And so it's this tension between faith and works too, that I think the real, the real, um, conversation comes to as well. Um, I think that there are a lot of Protestant Christians that do not understand James like a Mormon does, that faith without works is indeed dead. Yeah. Um, But also, if you believe in the fact that you too can become a god, that you too can become exalted, um, the phrase that I said to him was, does that not smack of the lie of the Garden of Eden? Does that not sound just like what the serpent said to Eve? Right. You know. Well, the qu- the question I have, okay, this this is the first time I've really even heard of eternal progression. But okay, where does it begin? You it know? begins um, when you you're a spirit no, child. No, I'm I'm talking. Okay, the first like spirit the child, the very beginning, the very first time. Where does that begin? On another planet somewhere. Uh, okay, but who created that planet? And so, so it's, for me, this just introduces the whole question of who's, who is the creator? You know, mm-hmm. who, who, where, where do all things emanate from? Uh, and of course, Big Bang or you know, think, what, is, what is it? And, yeah. and, you know, I may be wrong, but Christians I would, have the same, same I would say that issue, they would but, say it's Elohim. It's God, Heavenly Father, the original. The original. He was always eternal. He never mm, had a starting place. No. Well, see, that, see, the thing is, that, and, and t- tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I may not be the world's most theologically correct Christian. And obviously, if you listen to enough of this podcast, you probably understand that. But my understanding, <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> my understanding is that my God, who I also call Heavenly Father, he is, he was and always has been. There is no beginning to my God. And they would say, as man is, God once was, as God is, man may become. Right. It, but, but so that's different. My, so, so in essence, different gods. I think that you, I think if you are really honest with yourself, you come to that realization. Okay. Although. As painful as it is for me to say. And, you know, but then there there are other people, you know, that, that I grew up with that are like, you know, I don't want my Mormon friend to go to hell. You know, it's like I, I honestly cannot see that God, that the God that I know cannot look at a Mormon's heart and say, you know, I don't know. I think that there are some that. No, um, I, I think that my friend knew that semantically what he would, and this is difficult for me, that, that he knew semantically that he was saying things different than what I believed. Right. But that it really, it, there was a gigantic rub. It, 
we were not saying the same things. We, you know, they come to your door and say, I, you know, I believe in Jesus Christ, um, my savior. You know, if you look at, um, yeah, I saw the front page, the restoration of truth. It's, you know, heavenly father reveals his gospel to all Jesus Christ established his church, the restoration of the gospel, um, the book of Mormon. And then you read it and it says, God is your father in heaven, but you know, which God, um, he was a man who became a God who is now your father in heaven. He knows you personally. Jesus Christ is the son of God, but not the only unique son of God. I think they would say Jesus is, you know, Jesus um, died on the cross. But then again, you know, you, you go farther into the theology and they believe that the real atoning act took place in the Garden of Gethsemane, not on the cross. And that, you know, it, it doesn't save you from all sin. It just saves you from original sin which is a huge difference. Um, his life and teachings are the way to peace and happiness. And it goes on to say, God knows you personally and loves you more. He wants you to be happy now and always. To accomplish this purpose, Heavenly Father has provided a plan called the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. His teachings are the way to peace in life and joy for eternity. Um, it says, as part of his plan, God has followed a simple pattern from the beginning of the world. He chooses a prophet to teach the gospel and lead the people. You know, and it goes on, and I mean, you read it, and it says, As promised, Heavenly Father sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to earth. Jesus Christ lived a perfect, sinless life. He established His church, taught His gospel. Um, you know, and it, it, it goes on to where, you know, but if, if you change the definitions, it sounds the same, but it's not the same. Yeah. When you talk about yeah. Heavenly Father was once a man, are you laughing at me? No, I'm laughing in the chat room. You're good. It's like... It, it, it's different if if you're using different definitions if i say to dg i love you but what i really mean is i loathe you or i can you. say to him i love you but it you know and and i can say it thinking well everybody thinks i'm saying the same thing but they're not and that that was my issue with my friend is that he knew clearly when I said, do you believe in the Trinity? And he said, yes, that we were operating on different definitions. Right. And he knew you were operating on a different definition. Yes, because and, he looked at me and with this did look not, like. And did not no. openly acknowledge that. And I said, do you believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? No. Right. You know, and that to me, I mean, every once you, once you, cut away the uniqueness of God, the uniqueness of Christ, you're cutting at the very foundation of what we believe. Right. So, so <laughs> I guess, I guess for me, the, the question I have is, is, you know, obviously so, some of this, I mean, at a higher level, at a higher level, I can maybe see, okay, you know, you, you study this enough, you begin to I, I believe you search God close. I, it, God says, you know, seek me with all your heart and, and, and you will find me. All right. Mm -hmm. And obviously I believe that m most, if not all Mormons I know desperately want to know the, the true God, yes. they want to know and serve God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. There's a part of me that, you know, and, and trust me, I so don't even want to go down ever in my life to this road <laughs> where all, there, there are multiple paths to God. And, right. you know, and because and, and, I don't believe that. Right. I don't. Right. I personally don't know. Here's the deal. I don't believe that. And, and one of the things I shared in the Almost Daily Devotional is, unfortunately, I don't believe in that because, well, I've been taught that that's wrong. And so I don't believe those things because I've been told not to believe those things. So now for me, it's like, okay, well, if I'm going to sit there and, and have an understanding, I, I need to understand why don't I believe those things? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that, you know, this is interesting stuff, but the thing is, is that they're, you know, love, love God, love others. I look at Mormons. They, as, as far as they feel like God has been revealed to them, they have responded to God and they love him with all their hearts and they love others and serve them far greater on average than any other Christian I've ever known in my entire life, with exception right. of maybe DG. Um, <laughs> thanks. thanks. <laughs> just thought I'd throw that in there. Thank you. But, but seriously, um, you know, the, the, so I see them love God, love others. 
you know, and I, and, and of course I remember when, you know, Jesus is talking about who's going to make it to heaven and stuff like that. He's like, listen, some of you are going to come up and, and there's going to be the day of judgment and you're going to look at me and the you're sheep and the goats. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to say, you know, Hey, I did this and Hey, I did that. And, and you know, yeah. I first, you know, uh, Romans three twenty three and six twenty three. I, I did all those things. Right. I acknowledge with, I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I, I believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead and by golly, I'm saving. And, and, and Jesus goes, I never knew you. And I think that, you know, there, there's pieces of it though, that I think that some of us miss and that's, you know, the Shema, you know, the Lord, your God is one, you know, you shall have no other gods before you. Um, I think that some of us Christians have very shallow ideas of, you know, it's in, and, and for us, it's kind of a, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I'm safe. So why care about anything else? You know, right. I've, and got, so I've got my golden ticket to, really, you know, American Idol. Right. You know, we yeah, really do leave off the living part. And so I think that what for me, my just I don't even know that I would call it a study into Mormonism. For me, it was more of like just diving in and and, and looking at each piece and saying, what do I believe about this? You know, what do I believe about that? What, and, and for me, I really had to take a break at some point because it just, it was so hard and it was so painful for me, um, to get to the point that I felt like this is a road I cannot cross, but I still refuse to look at my Mormon brothers and sisters and say, you know, when somebody says, Oh, you know, a Mormon's going to hell. I just, I, I cannot go there. And it doesn't mean by any sense of the imagination that I'm universalist. Right. Um, it just means that I like the writer of Romans and Hebrews am wrestling with those people like say, you know, Jewish brothers and sisters or Mormon brothers and sisters that it's like, there's a peace. There's just a, peace that they're missing and you know all i can do is just pray god in your mercy you know show them you know show them that it's not you know and and the verse that i would say to my friend is you know what about ephesians about it's by grace you've been saved not by works, so that any of us can boast but it's the gift of god and his response would always be but what about james faith without works is dead and, and so I think for me as a very young Christian, it, I was like, we have to integrate these two things. There has to be an integration. I, I've always thought that Ephesians and James are integrated, that, that uh-huh, it is, uh-huh. that is, that it is not by anyone's works that anyone is saved, but by the gift of God, by the work the, of the, Christ, by, exactly. Which yeah. is, which is the gift of his son who came and lived a sin-free life, died on the cross, right. rose from the dead, right. that right. gift. Or you wouldn't be able to do those. You would not be able to do those works without the grace of God allowing yeah, you to do but, those things. My but question. you show me your, you, you show me your, your eternal, your, your gift of eternal life without any works. And it doesn't produce something within you. It's, it's, it's the whole, it, this isn't, James isn't the only place that says that. It's like, listen, you look at the fruit. What do you, is there the fruit of the spirit? Well, in this person's life. It might sure. be interesting for, you know, because um, I've had Mormon missionaries come to my door and I've done the classes with them and inevitably they're like, forget it. You know, <laughs> you're a nice person. But, you know, because I would ask things like, you know, okay, so w- once we get past the whole thing of, no, you don't believe in the same Trinity as I do. I would say, well, do you believe that you can use, you know, Heavenly Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit interchangeably. Well, no, they're three distinct people. So I ask, okay, if Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, do you believe that? Yes, I believe that. Then wouldn't he be the son of the Holy Spirit, not the son of God? If they were all separate. If they're not interchangeable, why do we use them interchangeably? Why do you use them interchangeably? Um, you know, why did Jesus say in the great commandment, in the Great Commission, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because they're one, you know. And so, but I can also I can also sit, you know, with DG or with somebody, and, and they'll be saying the things that you're saying, and I can respond as I as I could hear a Mormon responding, and and my response would be to the you know, grace. It's like yeah, but I mean, you you have to live that life. 
Well, and uh, gosh, uh, there's enough books out there. Uh, Francis Chan and everybody else under the sun who sit there and, and tells us all, you know, you, you're a bunch of lukewarm Christians that, you know, you got to And we are. Question. I mean, yeah. that's there's the no problem about is it. we are, but that it also doesn't make it okay in God's eyes to live the perfect life and demand it eternality based on that either yes right and that's and that's why and judgmentalism oh sure of course i mean don't judge your brother i mean that right you know and i think that uh one of the one of my mottos in my life uh because of all this talk has been i've always thought that the good works are a byproduct (laughs) of the grace yes of the grace through faith and so also, all those things, all those actions, I believe, are the byproduct of this grace. Yeah, it's like the debtor. You know, it's like Jesus, uh, was it Jesus that told the story of a man who had been forgiven much debt? But then, of course, when somebody came mm-hmm. and says, you know, will you forgive me? He said, no. Right. And it's yeah. like, dude, <laughs> what? You, you show me your 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 faith without works. Yeah, you show you me know? yours, I'll show you mine. It, and it's like, listen. <laughs> Nice. DG. Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Well, and I think you can see, you know, some of it is you can see what people believe. If if you distill it down far enough, you can see the way that they are believing by distilling down. You know what I'm saying? And so look at look at eternal progression from a Mormon standpoint. If if my eternal destiny depends on living a good Christian life of living worthy of receiving that. Don't you think that your family is going to be great? Don't you think that you're going to perform good works? I mean, don't you think that you're going to spend every waking moment walking door to door? Because ultimately it is not based on grace. It is based on your works. Well, maybe that's where God messed up. You mean their God? No, our God. Oh, our God? I'm just, I, I'm just, just throwing that out <laughs> Whoa, there. Whoa, almost too far away. I mean, <laughs> well, those clouds are getting a little bit cloudy out there right now. You're in the crackling, man. I'm gonna move away from anything electronic right now. I'm just kidding. I you know, know that. I know, I know. But seriously, I mean, it's like, exactly. come on, God, just put the fire on. You know? Yeah. yeah you know. Exactly. You, it, Turn on a little bit, a little bit more of the Ananias and Sapphira thing, and I bet you whip us yeah, all into nervous. submission. Yeah, to nervous, I am too. Um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think what what it has really instilled in me is: does your theology inform how you live? And if it doesn't, you know, you have absolutely no room to stand there and point at other things. And, and I mean, so it was such a, it was such an informative thing for me at a very young age, you know, where, you know, when I was going through all of this, I was very black and white in my faith, you know, and I'm not saying that I've, I've, I'm gray now, but I, I do think that I have added some peppered my faith with grace and love and, and uh, forgiveness but I still, I still know that I made the right decision for both of us by walking away. Right. I know. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But yeah. I, I will say that, you know, it, it's <laughs> a killer. I mean, it is yeah. a killer and it absolutely broke my heart um, on so many levels. Which is also the reason I really love Jason. <laughs> yeah. I really love him. I appreciate him because of what... The, the because of the way he cared for you and the way he loved you in, the, in that time in your life and allowed you to wrestle and so I mean I, I thank God for him every day. I yeah, really I mean, do. and you know, one of the last conversations that we had was, um, you know, him just saying, you know, look at these other people, look at how they live their life, look at them, and I was like, what about me? And he said, you're the one that I can't explain. Yeah. And I was like, but that's that's grace. You know, and how sad is it that some of us are the people that that they can look at it and say, what about that person? What about that person? And I, you know, all of us at some time are that. But if 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 your eternal destination is based completely solely on how you live your life, then you dang sure better be better be sure that your family is in line and that you do everything right. And imagine living like that. Right. And if you don't have a theology of grace, 
then that that's the logical conclusion. Look at all the horrible lives all these people are living. They claim well, to say that they love Christ. And- right. Well, the, the, the thing is, is I, I believe here in, in this. Now, this is where I come from. This is my Nazarene background. Mm. Oh, here it comes. Are you ready? Preach it. Holiness unto the Lord is our watch word and song. Yeah. <laughs> Holiness unto the Lord as we're marching along. Yeah. Okay. Seriously. So so in, in, in the Nazarene church, I'm taught just like the Mormons. That by golly, I better have, I better be living. I, I mm-hmm. shall aspire to be sanctified holy. Right. To, to, right. to aspire to be to a place where I no longer am bound by sin's grip on my life. And so therefore, I shall be in control of my own life and in control of my own desires. And I shall be leading a family that is above reproach and that my children should be obedient to me as their father and, and, and everything. Right. And, 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 and my friends, I, I was not, a, I was never a part of the Mormon church, but I was a part of the Nazarene church. And this is what mm-hmm. they teach. But you know, right. Any- but is there a salvific, is there a salvific, um, opportunity through living that way? Does, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it might have. It, it, might it have, wasn't it might for have, salvation. It was, exactly. But, but exactly, God, I, here's saying. the, here's the deal. I am all for, God's grace. Thank you, God. All right. Right, right, right. But I, but at but the not same cheap time, grace. I, I don't want cheap grace. But the, here's the deal. I, I do believe that God desires for us to be holy. Yes. yes. He desires for us to be pure. And I believe, I, I believe that He desires for us. And, and, and this is so weird because I, number one, I, I don't know that I really believe that it's possible to be perfect. But I, right. at the same time, I believe that God desires this to be perfect, like our heavenly Father is perfect. So where do I come off with that one? You know, I well, mean, and now you're getting into Wesley. I was about to say you know, now you're which, jumping into Wesley. The, well, the that's, that's I'm a Wesleyan to myself, my friend. The thing well, that's and really then we get to welcome you into uh, the doctrine of Christian perfection. The <laughs> really <laughs> interesting thing with Mormonism is that Joseph, I mean Joseph Smith was a Methodist. Ah, and see, I did not know this. So you know, you have a lot of this, a lot of these juxtapositions of theologies, and um, you know, but but any. Any religion, well, not any religion, that's that's a broad statement, but there are a lot of religions. You know, say if you look at Jehovah's Witnesses, there are doctrines and theologies that, that are right on line with what we say. Mm-hmm. But it's those, it's those nuances that don't seem like a big deal, but you start getting into the person of Christ and the person of God. And it is a, for me, it is a rock to die on. Right. Well, we got about three minutes left here, guys. Uh, Tiffany, this has been an awesome hour of conversation. <laughs> I tell you, yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I even learned stuff today, so I really appreciate you coming in. I really do. Thanks. Now, now, of course, my concern is is you know what's what's the backlash of feedback coming from our sure, community? Right. Here's the deal. We love you. Yeah. First and foremost, I don't care if you're Christian, non-Christian, Jehovah's Witness, Mormon, any. I love you. And we are so thankful. Well, you can say we love you. Yeah, we all love you. you Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah. But but here's the deal. We we love you. Um, and I, for one purpose, uh, I, I do not feel God calling me to judge whether or not any other person on this earth is going to heaven or hell. No. It's not a place for me to be in a pit, place of position. And we have that. And I hope that we haven't come across that way. No, in this podcast. I don't think so. I, don't I, think I really so. have just I've just my my. Uh, my desire for this podcast was just say, well, hey, let's let everyone make their own decisions here, but let's just at least just, you know, just what are see, some of those yeah, differences? What are some of the differences so people can make a decision? Right. And, and, and that's exactly, I think that, that we handled this in, a, in the best way that it could possibly be handled. And I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful, Tiffany, that you were uh, very, I mean, obviously I'm thankful for your background because it does give you a love for... Yeah for the hearts of the folks who desperately desire to please God. Right. But in a way, it they believe about God differently than the we identity. do. Yeah, the it's identity. identity the, so um, it, it definitely was interesting for me to learn some more. Um, and and obviously Cliff is not going to turn into the next Hank Handograph. Yeah. Uh, but, but here's the situation. <laughs> I Whoever you are, Whoever you are, I hope that today's discussion will inspire you to learn why you believe what, what you, you believe. believe. Exactly. Always be prepared to give an answer for why you believe what you believe. That's right. And, you know, anybody out there that 
you know, is LDS and, and has questions, I would be glad to come on again and, and answer questions and dialogue. Um, you know, because my heart is that, you know, in, in the final evaluation, I really don't even think it comes. I think a lot of Christians make it about destination. It's not about heaven or hell. It's about whether you have a relationship with Jesus Christ right? and and what that relationship looks like. And what his identity is. Yes. Who Who is Jesus Christ? Who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I well, am? And, and I think that's the, the biggest, the biggest issue is <laughs> who is, who is our God? Who is your God? And are, do we truly believe in the exact same God? But right. also mm-hmm. your identity. If if we can become a God, then are we created or are we the creator? Right. You know, if, if I believe that I can become a God, that changes how I relate to God and look at God. Right. And that that's key. Absolutely. And also, uh, I just want to say real quickly, uh, folks, if you have not prayed for another church or maybe even, maybe even, somebody from another religion in your area. Nice. All right. Um, If you have not prayed for somebody else in your area that does not believe everything the way that you believe, have you prayed for them today? And if not, will you make it a part of your day to pray with, pray for them on a daily basis? And why not add to that prayer, actually loving them in some tangible way? Absolutely. That would be awesome. Absolutely. Folks, we're going to wrap things up. Thank you very much, Tiffany, for coming in. Thank you. All right. God bless y'all. Bye-bye.